Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt. Mike Mandy Mano. Brandt Bernard. <laughs> you didn't let me sneak Andy's name in there. <clears throat> Is Alex not there yet either? Nope. <laughs> and Doug's oh, to God, Mike. Oh, it's your kids. get. It's our kids, I'm telling you. It's your gene pool. Yeah, my gene pool. <laughs> we'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. You know, Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. I want to give people some, some car shopping advice. This is I've been getting a lot of emails and if you have car questions, you can always email me at Doug at Walzer.com. But I've been getting a lot of emails lately, people asking, what do you think of this car? What do you think about that? If you haven't shopped for a new car in five years, there's so much new technology out there that's really cool. And I've been reading up on it. it it's called different things by different manufacturers, but it's basically collision avoidance technology. It'll keep you lane departure. It'll keep you from pulling in front of somebody. In fact, the first time I ever experienced that, Tom, was in, I was driving your ELR. And the thing started vibrating in my butt. I'm like, what in the heck is this? It's cut down on accidents by 30% according to the federal government. Um, And if you haven't experienced this stuff, it's really, really cool. Uh, Rear-end accidents are way down with people that have this technology in their cars. And it's becoming standard. Uh, It's optional in in all manufacturers, but Toyota's got it in standard in a lot of their models. So a little shopping tip. If you're not familiar with this stuff, check it out because it's really cool and it will save lives. That's Very it. good. Walls are out. That's a wonderful spot right there. Less boring. Walls are automotive. What? Less boring. That's what I'm going for in 18. You're making... Less boring commercial. Well, you're making it boring right now. <laughs> now sorry. it's boring as hell. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sir. It's boring. Sorry. I got to go. <laughs> Walls are automotive group. Walls are dot com. This is Major Tom to ground control. I'm stepping through the door. Sending out to Elon Musk for uh, SpaceX. Yeah, that and uh, you know David Bowie passed away on this day two years ago. Oh, that's right. Uh, two His years. Birthday's a couple of days ago. Yep. Yeah. It is amazing. It's been two years already since he's been dead. Goes that's, fast. That is unbelievable. Doug, I got to ask you. I, I uh, we had Gilbert on. You were listening the other day, and sent me a text, and I related that text to him. But uh, I saw the movie as well. It's called Gilbert. It's the life story of Gilbert Gottfried. I was very impressed with it. I, I was floored. I thought it was going to be, you know, a bunch of comedians talking about how weird Gilbert is. And we already know that. But it was it right. was a, a, just an incredibly unvarnished look at, uh, at somebody. You really got a sense of what he was like. And I think that was the first time that he's let people behind the curtain, so to speak. Yeah, and I, you made the comment that I couldn't believe, uh, you couldn't believe that uh, he let him that, that far into his life. Yeah. Which I agreed. I agree with you on that. He, we met his, his mother and his two sisters, and his, they had pictures of his father, and they talked about his relationship with his father. But what I liked is when Jim Gaffigan and Bill Burr and all those people just kept talking about what a nice man. He, he's very shy and a very nice man off stage, And really? kind of a nut job because his wife pulls out the <laughs> Tupperware from under yeah. his bed where he's got 5,000 you know, toothpaste that he's cribbed from hotels over the years. Interesting oh, yeah. guy. 
Yeah, bars of soap, razors, you know, the, pl- the plastic I, razors. I have a tendency to collect those, too, but not to that extent. Well, he had literally, Doug, what would you say, like 40 tubs full yeah. of stuff like that? And I that. have a feeling that was just mm. a part of the collection. I think you're right about that. Sort of a kleptomaniac? No, I mean, you get to keep, you get to take this stuff with you if you want it. Well, yeah, but if you're not going to use it, then why keep it? Well, that's true. It's a good point. But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie, and I highly recommend, if you're a Gilbert Gottfried fan, to see the movie, because they do go through the painful part where he was fired by Aflac for making jokes about the Chinese, or, excuse me, the Japanese tsunami. Yeah, I'd forgotten what so, that joke yeah. was until he told it. I'm like, oh, boy, Gilbert. <laughs> I know. The government will say that a, a new girlfriend will float right by. And Float I love right by I, any second. I loved his riff on the uh, the, and you tell this joke really well about the old Jewish woman taking her grandson to the beach. I'd never love heard the version joke. before where the where he's beating off the shark and then it gets into shark sex and it's like Gilbert, you're nuts. Yeah, no, that, I hadn't heard that version either. That uh, I hadn't heard anything about that. I just uh, I heard he had a hat. Yeah, that's right. the part that I heard. Yeah. So what can I tell you? But yeah, I, I'm glad you saw the movie because uh, I didn't know he was going to be on, but I just watched the movie because I'm a fan of Gilbert's and he's a nice guy and known him for many years now. It's not like we're best friends or anything, but I've known him for a long time. And uh, it, it was great. I highly recommend it. Well, and then I heard the I interview absolutely. you did with him on the show, and it was uh, like a continuation of the movie because it wasn't the Gilbert stick. He was just kind of himself. Right. That's exactly it. So uh, basically, uh, the next movie I'm going to go see is A Disaster Artist because it was aptly titled because James Franco now has been popped by three different women saying that he sexually harassed or sexually assaulted them. Ed Bigley Jr., I keep telling you. He's the only one left, isn't he? He will be someday. He will someday be the only one left because, uh, I don't know. I just don't get why we're still pretending like we didn't know everyone in Hollywood was scum. <laughs> well, no, you're absolutely right about that, Andy. They are scum because... There <laughs> because was... we want to believe. Yeah, they've been, we've been talking about how horrible <laughs> they are since I was born. Yeah, well, it's true. Remember when that celebrity did that thing and so forth? Well, you've been finding out that I, that your old man's been telling you the truth all these years, that most of those people, first of all, they're all nuts. Even the ones that I know, they are nuts. Okay? I think if you're not insane, it turns you insane. Uh, Being surrounded by yes men all the time and yeah. getting paid that much for something that, I mean, like, there has to be, at some point, you have to go through some sort of crisis thinking, like, I'm not, you know, making the world a better place or anything, yet I'm making more than 99.9% of the country, mm-hmm. like, that guilt has to get to you. Yeah, it's a disconnect between yeah. reality and their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, there is a video out there. It's, well, it's film, I'm sure it's not video, but maybe it is just video. I don't know. But when Roman Polanski, he was given the... Did he win the Cecil B. DeMille Award that year when he took off for Europe? No, uh, he's won some kind of award or some, I don't know, the, the Oscars or, or whatever it was. I could not tell you. But uh, Roman Polanski uh, was found uh, found guilty of having sex with, what, a 13-year-old? I or, think she was 15. Uh, I think they were 13, 14, still, and 15. Um, well, I think last time I checked, and from what I remember, he was found guilty of the 15-year-old, uh, but... Oh, wait, no, you're right. It was 13. Yeah, 13. Okay. Having sex with a 13-year-old, he's found guilty of having sex with a 13-year-old. Drugging and raping a 13-year-old girl. That's exactly right. And everybody in Hollywood knew about it. He ran off to uh, Europe, and they wouldn't give him back for some reason. But there is a video of him being given an award the same year, I believe. And uh, they announced that uh, he had won the award. And who stands up gives him a standing ovation. Uh, what a shock. It was uh, Meryl Streep. It was uh, it was all of them, including Oprah Winfrey. Oh, boy. So they knew he had raped a 13-year-old girl, and they're all standing up giving him a standing ovation because he's one of those scumbags. Well, it's sort of like politics. It's, if it's my politician doing horrible things, then it's okay. But if yep. your politician is yeah. doing horrible things, then it's the worst thing that ever happened. No, you're absolutely right. You're 100% right. I, I just, how these people can stand up there now and preach to us like Hollywood always does, preach to us about what we should do after you, year after year, including this year, because you did it again, for Kirk Douglas, who's one of the biggest scumbags ever born. Printing. 
Got a guest info. Oh, oh, okay. I guess I should have waited for the break. I didn't no. know it was so loud. But you were vacuuming. It's rather loud. Yeah, that's the loudest print I've ever heard. Just doing a quick thought... little touch-up around the studio. Yeah, the <laughs> air exchanger went off. Yeah. But, you know, but in any case, we were talking about this yesterday, Doug, and uh, you might like this. Do you know why New Yorkers didn't just go down to Florida to Miami and Hollywood, Florida, all that, to make their movies because, you know, wonderful weather, better weather than Los Angeles, actually. Uh, why they didn't just go down to Florida to make movies instead of moving all the way across the country to make movies? I, I you know, specifying I Florida sounds why. kind of weird. Uh, he means down from New York since it's, right. you know, everything was based in New York at the time. Well, right. half the yeah. Florida population in the 40s and 50s were New Yorkers. Still but anyway, is. I don't know why that is. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we found out. Andy did some research on it. And we found out because it, it why wouldn't they just go down to Florida? That magnificent. They have islands to shoot on. It did uh, seem kind of weird. Yeah, it's just really, really odd. And if they want to go up in the mountains, they could go right up to North Carolina well, and you know the cashiers and all that. Yeah, it would be tough to do a western. No, no, it's not very. There's a there's, western. Hey, the Italians here. made I mean, western terrain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they did. If you just go up like. Uh, Northwest, a couple states, then. Uh, well, well, Georgia, you, you just a, go to Georgia. You need a desert for a western. Well, I will tell you this: the reason they did it is, guess who lived in Florida? Thomas Edison. You yep. know why they didn't want to make movies around Thomas Edison? No, because he owned he owned every patent on movie making, so they would have ha- they would have had to pay him. So instead of paying him, they screwed him out of the money by going to Los Angeles, huh. where I... he didn't know what they were doing, and they didn't report it. Yep. Well, I do. I did know that he, uh, Thomas Edison, and Henry Ford, and uh, the guy who started Firestone, were all like next door neighbors and used to hang out down there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that was the era of, like, I don't think anyone in America is ever going to be as powerful as those people were, because they owned everything. Well, I don't know. You you look at, uh, well, Steve Jobs is dead, but you look at him and Bill Gates, and they, there's still a lot of uh, awful lot of power those two held and, st- and still hold. Well, I mean, like Rockefeller, his, yeah. uh, the modern equivalent, I'm, it's, it's out there, uh, Let's see. The modern equivalent of how much his net worth would be, uh, $336 billion. Oh, God. So, so he was pretty wealthy. Three times more than what wow. uh, Jeff Bezos is worth today. Oh, I, saw, I <laughs> yeah. saw at the gas station on Gas News. Mm-hmm. Gas News. <laughs> I love pump news. I actually yeah, kind of like this. I know. I do, too. He's now worth 105 I thought it was 110 Oh well, maybe it's old gas news. Still, that means Rockefeller has more than three t- had more than three times, and that's in two thousand seven dollars. So it's pro- it's more like three hundred fifty billion. Yeah. So it's like imagine that's an insane amount of money. It's a lot of money. That's no crazy. question. You know how many people you had to screw out of money to get to that point? I think that was just like really, really because oil just exploded in value. Yeah. And he happened to own like pretty much all the oil because before that, oil was used for like what. Gas lamps and very little yeah, else. Probably yes. So yeah, it was. It's well. It's like Bill Gates. He got he got that, that rich because he got lucky. He just happened to uh, be into computers when computers went from nothing to ubiquitous. Yeah. No. There's a, there's a lot to be said for timing. Oh yeah. Oh God! On this show, don't mention timing. <laughs> what are you saying? KQ, or the KQ Morning Show for that matter? Are don't you, mention timing. Are you saying something? Uh, no, not good, at all. Good, I'm glad. No, I wouldn't say it's anything all like fine. That. Uh, what's the song with the longest title ever on the Billboard Hot 100 chart? Does anybody know? Uh, I actually, the longest there's, ever? One, there's one from the 40s that's really long. It's basically the first verse of the song, but I doubt that's what you're talking about. This is 218 characters long. This is ever or what? Ever. Ever. On the on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, that must be what? Oh, well, Billboard Hot 100, I don't think that existed in the 40s, did it? Um, I don't know. I don't know how far back it goes. Yeah, it's a, the short uh, version is it's, I'm a cranky old yank and a clanky old tank, but it goes on and on and on from there, but I doubt that's what it is. But that's the longest it is, name in history, I think. Right. This is a Billboard Hot 100 chart, a disco medley from 1981 by the group Stars on 45. Its title was 218 characters long, and the title was Medley, Intro, Venus, Sugar, Sugar, No Reply, I'll Be Back, Drive My Car, Do You Want to Know a Secret? We Can Work It Out, I Should Have Known Better, Nowhere Man, You're Going to Lose That Girl, Stars on 45. 
Oh, so kind of Beatles name. and who did Sugar Sugar? The Archies. The Archies, the Archies I think. Who were the Archies? Because it was somebody famous, wasn't it? I don't remember. That sang it. Who? The Sugar Sugar? Sugar yeah. Sugar, but the Archies. Archies. Sugar Sugar. Who was in the Archies? By... The Archies. It's a virtual band because they didn't actually exist. Yeah. Obviously, right. because really? they were a car- they were a cartoon. Well, they were a cartoon. Well, yeah. back in those days, I thought they usually had a real band that They did a lot of that, stuff. but no, it was I mean, it was Archie and Reggie Jughead. But I yeah. thought those yeah. don't exist. It I was th- D- Ron Dante and Tony Wine. Tony Wine. Ron Dante. Oh, uh, no, just them. And Andy Kim was associated. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, Andy though. Kim. There you go. I don't. I don't know why he was associated. Andy, did he write their music? Maybe he probably did write the music. He had a couple of hits, on, top forty hits too. Andy Kim did. Uh, yes. Indeed. Sugar Sugar was written by Jeff Barry and Andy Kim. See. Well, there you go. <clears throat> Sorry. But uh, yeah, that's basically. I guess. Well, but how could. Uh, well, I guess Ron did the male voices, Tony did the female voices. That must have been annoying, doing five people. You'd have to record the song over and over and then layer it on top of itself. Todd Rundgren did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rundgren did the same thing. whole album, right? I guess. Indeed. Miracle on 34th Street was released in June of 1947, even though it was a Christmas movie, because the head of the studio believed more people saw movies during the summer. Huh. What an idiot. That's weird. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Even if they do... It's still a Christmas movie. It makes no sense. Well, maybe back in 47, things were different. Wait, th- th- that movie's that old? 1947, June yeah, of 1947. Well, I, the surprising thing to me about that is uh, that's got to be the only idiot I've never worked for. <laughs> Thank you very much. Great to be here. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Delete, delete. KQ uh, Morning Show go poorly today? No, went, actually, no, actually it went great. The morning show this morning was wonderful. We had some fantastic guests on, including Mary, who is related to um, Millie Wall. Millie Wall is a 99-year-old woman. The Vikings gave a, a pair of tickets to the Aww, Super Bowl. That's so nice. So Mary, who's her cousin, and I don't know how old Mary was, but uh, uh, Mary called in. This was the greatest thing ever because Mary, I, I, look, I don't want to say how old Mary is, but she could have been anywhere from... Oh, let's say sixty to eighty. You couldn't. You yeah. couldn't really tell, right? Okay. So she comes on and she's talking about. I've been listening to this show since you started, and I listen every day. And I want you to know that that's just how it is. So I better <laughs> shut up so Wally Walker can get on the air because Tom wants to get out of here. <laughs> wow, she's your uh, spirit animal. Yeah, she was my spirit animal exactly. She was wonderful, but Millie Wall. They, uh, there's some audio of her reading. The uh, it, it by the way that story broke nationally too. It's a since the morning show's over, I did a little research, and the show broke nationally that a 99-year-old woman uh, was given a free pair of tickets to the Super Bowl by the Vikings. The great thing about her, do you remember the um, the foam brick? Remember bricks made out of foam oh, you could sure. throw at the TV. Yeah. Do you remember why they were invented? Throw at the TV. Yeah, they yep. were just they were like for sports fans so that they uh, could throw them at the TV and not break. I was things. like, what? But they made them for one specific guy, and that was Howard Cosell. <laughs> really? Yep. They made him for Howard Cosell. We will be right back in just a couple of seconds. A lot of great stuff coming up on today's show, and we'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you've noticed your vision getting cloudy, blurry, or dim, or having more difficulty seeing at night, you could have cataracts. Tom here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they do much more? They do, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age where my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. 
Of course, Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology and vision options available so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you've been told you have cataracts or you're wondering why things just aren't as clear as they used to be, call the experts at Whiting Clinic or go to whitingclinic.com to learn more. See the folks at Whiting Clinic in order to see your very best. And don't forget to tell them that I sent you. Archie's fame is so weird to me because I was born like by the time I was born, Archie was basically like over. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so it's like you know, I don't know. What did they do? Were they just like the first relatable teenagers? So all the teens it loved him. Just so. a cartoon, right? Yeah, but I think I think teenagers actually liked it. It was something that carried over from childhood into your teen years. Yeah. And yeah. Riverdale was just on for what the last couple of years. That was the Archie. That was Archie in the. People. It was. Oh, it was. Yeah, oh, Riverdale was about Archie. Oh. Absolutely. Uh, Joe from Louisville reminded me it was not the Super Bowl the Vikings gave her tickets for. Is this Sunday's game? Oh, okay. They gave her tickets, uh, so she'll couldn't make that good. expense. Hey, Ka- she is Catherine. definitely going to make the game. That's how. She yes, is. Catherine. I have a question for you on this on the morning show today. Tom was telling a story from probably oh, twenty five yeah. years ago about drinking Jägermeister in the back of a limo and throwing up all over his shirt and he had to throw it out by the side of the road and and he couldn't figure out the next morning why his golf clubs were strewn all over the front yard. Do you have any memory of this? When? What? what? This what is are you all talking news about? to you're me. You're making it up it's as you go along. It's the story you told. You told the story I on the morning know show. what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, every time I went out of town, boy, whoo. Oh, maybe that's the what party it was, animal okay. came out. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, maybe well, Catherine is uh, having a couple black Russians. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So, so the guy, four the guy, times in my life. The guy who was a limo driver Versus. actually called in. He goes, yeah, I remember that yeah. night. It was a brand new car, too. Yeah. Thanks was a lot. Was that Puff? <laughs> yeah. Puff, yeah. Puff. You drank Jägermeister? Well, that what was the, the problem. Oh, is wrong with you? Now the store show's getting good. Go ahead. They told, <laughs> they told me that you would love this stuff because it tastes just like black licorice, and we know you like black licorice. So I tasted it, and it was delicious because it tasted like black licorice. <laughs> it does. As are black Russians. <laughs> yeah, but they don't taste like licorice. No. No, but they're delicious. Okay, so the problem is I'm, I'm slamming this Jager because I don't drink hard liquor. I never I never was a hard liquor drinker. And Jägermeister, is, no. uh, you can't really taste the – it's not like vodka or anything is, where is you it, can like you know for a fact that it's high alcohol because you can like kind of feel the yes. like the sting. Yeah, and isn't that the kind of thing that you do shots because yeah, it's so yeah, people, yeah. Jager shots well, people uh, well, yeah. mix no, it with Red Bull. Only th- yeah, Jägermeister's Red, only yeah. 35%. Really? They drink it because it doesn't so sting like, you know, vodka or gin or whatever. It's oh. something you could if you wanted to drink a whole lot of. Oh. Unless you're right, your dad. Exactly. So you did. <laughs> so he did. Yes. And then well, and then sitting in the back of a limousine going around corners, I started oh, to get dizzy yeah. and uh, hurled all over my shirt. In the limo? In the limo. If I drank oh. that much and then got into a limo, yeah, I would be throwing up immediately. I can't imagine you not knowing yourself better than any of these things. You guys remember mm. when Doug used to be on the show? <laughs> Time to give him the Yeah, hook you know you can't drink up. booze, and you know you're not good in the back of a limo. Well, but Andy just explained it. I didn't think there were, they, they said, oh, it's pretty low alcohol. It's well, no you, big deal. Yeah, well, Don't you, you feel, I mean, I guess maybe if, like, it hit you in the limo and yeah. you didn't know you were drunk until then. Well, knowing Dad with his all or nothing, it's low alcohol, let me drink three bottles. Hmm. Bye, Doug, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so the Edition mystery of how the golf clubs wound up all over the front yard has not been solved, I see. Maybe I did go into a rage. I don't remember. <laughs> I have a tendency to block things like this. Yeah. I have to survive somehow. Should be a great Wednesday night. <laughs> Merry Christmas, buddy. Should be fantastic. Merry Christmas, Doug Hey, Sprinthal. you brought it up. Pally. It's made with 56 herbs and spices. Well, there you go. Mm. Ah, that's what it, it had weeds in it. That's why you threw it up. <laughs> that's why it had kale in it. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I threw it up because it had kale in it. Um, do you know, by coincidence, the most popular baby name in Israel and St. Cloud, Minnesota, is the same name? Is it Noah? Yagbom? Nope. Mm, Mohammed? Yes, Yagbom. Ms. Mohammed. Very yeah. good, Catherine. 
Muhammad is now the most popular baby name in St. Cloud, Minnesota, huh. and the most popular baby name in Israel. Good to know. See, what do you think of that? Is and, Israel... I thought Israel would still be, like, primarily Jewish. It is Jewish. Jewish people don't name their kids Muhammad, do they? I don't know. Maybe they do. I well, thought that was specifically a Muslim I thing. I thought Israel's divided, right? Uh, Israel's not so much. Well, yeah, there are Arabs that live mm-hmm. in Israel, but it's not a very yeah. big part of the right. population. Yeah, oh. it, uh, they are only... And I wonder see. why Muhammad would be the... Yeah, that's very strange. 75% are Jewish, 20% are Arab. So, I mean, I guess if all the Arabs name their kid the same thing, then that could happen. Yeah, and they, I, yeah. they do tend to name their kids Muhammad Spanish a lot. Mail. Boy, that'd, what, be, tough. that'd the, uh, be tough in kindergarten, wouldn't it? Whole classroom of Muhammad. Yeah, for Muhammad, real. Muhammad, 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 Muhammad. Yeah, I remember a year when there was a girl named Annie, and that was annoying enough. Why? <laughs> Because they, when they would say one of our names, the other would think that they were saying oh, our name. Andy oh, and Annie, Annie. Annie. Oh, Annie. Annie and Andy, yeah. We didn't make your quantum leap. But, yeah, we're, uh, if there were like six Mohammeds, I don't know. Yeah, that would be tough. Which uh, Arabs are Semites? Because I know not all Arabs, but some Arabs are Semites. These are all good questions. I don't so even know what a Semite is, technically. A Jew is a Semite. Well, but there's also, uh, Semites are Jews and Arabs. So, you, all Arabs are Semites? Anyone who speaks or spoke in the past a Semitic language, which was... Um, hold on. Educational moment. The oh, they, they let you pick any name you want when you get down there. And you landed on McLovin. Yeah, I was between that and Muhammad. Why the fuck would it be between that or Muhammad? Why don't you just pick a common name like a normal person? Muhammad is the most commonly used name on Earth. Read a fucking book for once. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> There's some editing. Phoenician, Aramaic, Hebrew, Syriac, Arabic, and South Arabian. So there you go. All of those people are all Semitic. They're so all Semitic. technically, if you hate Arabs, you're an anti-Semite. That's exactly right. I keep telling <laughs> so people. So look at that. that. It's true. That's I interesting. Just in case you so hate it's Arabs. really more of a language thing than a cultural or a racial yes, thing. Yes, it's a hundred percent a language thing. It is absolutely. It is. That's why it's so ridiculous that it's happening. Unbelievable. Yeah, what I, they're called Semites because they speak a Semitic language. What I love is in the uh, Star Tribune this morning, they said, the most common baby name in St. Cloud because of the diversity. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because of the diversity. Oh, my God. Uh... Do people know what the, na- what the word diversity means? No, they think it means less white people. It does. They, they think it <laughs> means exactly less white right. people. They do. No, That's I what agree. They think That's means. brilliant. Well, I remember on Twitter uh, a couple of years ago, BuzzFeed uploaded a picture of their boardroom saying, like, oh, look at how uh, diverse our boardroom is. It was, uh, like, 13 people, all white women. (laughs) How diverse. So because there were no men, they were super diverse. Speaking of white women, Alex is here. Oh. Where do white women at? What in the hell's diversity? Well, I I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. Ron, I would be surprised oh, the if the affiliates were concerned about the lack of an old, old wooden ship, but nice try. <laughs> I did look that up, and as far as I can tell, no. I don't know where the hell he got that idea. That's uh, wonderful. I thought maybe it was like some, you know, obscure reference, but no, no ship called diversity. <laughs> oh, my God, this is horrible. Oh, no. The ancient Egyptians had proctologists. Mm. The ancient Egyptian word for a proctologist translates to shepherd of the anus. Oh, <laughs> oh God. I thought that was a bar on Hennepin. Yeah, shepherd of the anus. Right. No, I think it's actually uh, over on Franklin Avenue. Ah. Shepherd of the anus bar. Phenomenal. <laughs> There's no question about it. Oh, shepherd of the anus. Ugh. Yeah, literal translation. I hope they didn't use one of those oh, yeah, long what... shepherd things. The hook? The crook? The staffs the or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. shepherd's crook, yeah. Crook. The shepherd's crook. That's exactly what it's called. Yeah, I don't want to be the shepherd of the anus. I, let's get some other job, shall we? <laughs> but, you know, people do choose that job to be a proctologist. Yes, so, they do. You know, some people apparently enjoy I, that. I think it's thing. big money. It's got to be big money. Right? Better be big it would money. Absolutely have to be. Yeah. Combat pay. I would imagine. Alex, how are you? Oh, I'm swell. Mm. <laughs> oh, dun dun dun. That's, that's great. 
That's great to know. Bella's... What's going on? Bella's in very rough shape. She is in rough shape? Yep. Well, did you just leave her in the car? Yep, I just left her there to die. No. Oh, my God. Herself. What? Why would Where I just leave her in the car? I, no, you don't have to leave her in the car. Where is she? She's in the bed behind me, but she can't really stand. Oh, she, she won't eat. Well, if she's on a high dose of opiates, those can give you pretty severe, um, what do you call it? Motion she's, sickness. She's not. I haven't given her a pain pill in like two or three days. Well, maybe that's the problem. Well, the problem is I talked to the vet about it and the pain pills make her do things that she shouldn't be doing if she has like a nerve issue oh, or a muscle yeah. problem. Like, like the I'll give her the pain pill and then half an hour later she's like wrestling with birch and jumping off the furniture yeah. and doing parkour and it's like oh, you yeah. shouldn't well, be doing yeah, she this. probably like she probably has like a bulging disc or something. Yeah, I don't know what it is. She did all that stuff when she. Yeah. yeah, and last week when I brought her to the vet, she could barely walk. I bring her into the vet and she acts completely normal. She was like jumping up <laughs> on me and running rush. around. Yeah, and then I bring her yeah. home and then she can barely walk again. And yeah. now she can't even really stand. Like she didn't move all morning and she's shaking and won't eat and she just looks really bad. I bet she has a. A lot of back pain, but I mean, you can't give her the back pills if she's going to make it worse. Because in the long run, that's just going to make it a thousand it's times worse. Better to crate her and have her just rest. No, but a then she just yeah. bark just and freak out rest. like a psychopath. Harp, She'd be harp, so harp. stressed out. So I'm thinking we'll probably end up having to quarantine her to like our dining room with a blanket, where it's like you no, can't fun zone. you can't jump on anything. You just have to lay yeah. on this blanket, and you can have your pain pills and feel good, but you can't do anything. Yep, so we'll that sounds like a good plan. And then our roof is also yeah, leaking. So. Oh no. We might need a new roof. We got to join the club. Yeah. We got a high tax bill. It's just been a banner of a week. It's a good thing you got a good great job. Exactly. See, I've got so that going go. yeah. for me. That that's what uh, we gave each other for Christmas is a new roof. Yeah, Isn't that right. nice? Oh, we yeah. Exactly. Romantic. Very yeah. romantic. Very romantic. Very romantic. For the castle, Alex, you, got a, you, you got a wood roof on that, don't you? Those things are... No, we're not going to replace it with with uh, cedar shakes. Cedar it's too shakes expensive. Well, roof. plus fact, they're not that great anymore. Yeah, yeah they said that the um, cedar shakes aren't the shakes of yesteryear. Uh, that they're, you know, it's like windows now that they'd fail within, you know, usually 10 to 15 years because the hardwoods aren't really all that hard anymore oh really i didn't know that yeah they use yeah it's just not the same kind of wood indeed so um the cedar shakes don't have that lifetime word i will uh i will read this story to cheer alex up but then somebody did send me a comment on this story that's really cold but i doubt she's listening so we can sneak it by i'm listening there's a 99-year-old woman in Minneapolis named Millie Wall who's been a huge Minnesota Vikings fan since the first season in 1961. She's watched them play in four Super Bowls, never seen them win. Uh, she's obviously frustrated, uh, but has a good sense of humor about it. Uh, she even has a fake brick made from foam that she throws at the TV when they're not playing well, which I just love that. I love that whole idea. Uh, she tied a string to it a while back so she doesn't have to keep walking over to pick up the foam brick. Anyway, she's hoping this is their year, and now she's really looking forward to their game against the Saints this Sunday because, check this out, on Monday morning about 30 of her family members showed up, surprised her with a letter from the Minnesota Vikings that said they've got two free seats reserved for her. They posted a video of her reading the letter, and you can hear her whole family start cheering when she realizes what's going on. She's been to a few Vikings games before, but this will be her first playoff game ever in her, what would that be, 50, 57 years, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, 1961. She's giving her granddaughter the other ticket. It's not clear where the seats are, but the Vikings are sending them uh, to the game in a limo, so it doesn't sound like they're taking the cheap route. And, of course, one of our listeners, our smart-ass listeners, said, and I quote, I hope the game doesn't go into sudden death overtime. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's cold, man. That is cold. Billy's as sweet as they get. Yeah, she's very, very excited about it. And we had the audio of Millie on the Cakey Morning Show this morning. She sounds like she's about maybe 75 years old at the most. I That's love the great. name Millie. Why did, they, why did they give her tickets? How did they know about her? I don't her? know. I, I think her granddaughter uh, went to buy some or whatever and somehow gotten engaged in a 
involved in a conversation with the Vikings. The Vikings said, well, we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. We'll send really? a limo and we'll give her a pair of tickets. And it sounds like something Lester Bagley would do. Lester Bagley's a good guy. Or, you know, there might be a few other people over there that set that up. We know a few of them. Bob Hagan's a great guy. So he could have done it as well. But uh, it was a very classy move by the Minnesota Vikings, sending Millie Wall at 99 years old. She'll be 100 years old on the 4th of July. See, Alex, doesn't that cheer you up now? Yep. Isn't that great? So cute. There you have it. We'll be right back. Special guest coming up next, Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone said it was. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. Look, my my head stays level. You know, it's not too high, not too low. My neck feels much better because of it. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering a buy one my pillow, get another one absolutely free. Don't delay. This offer will end on January 31st. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Go to MyPillow.com, but make sure you use the promo code TOM. Again, please use promo code TOM. That's promo code TOM. MyPillow.com. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. talking money in a second with Danielle DiMartino, Booth. I do want to mention that Millie Wall, 99 years old, she'll turn uh, 100 years old on July 4th. I'm looking at her picture. She has dark brown hair. I love her. <laughs> I, wow. I love her. She's, she's the greatest. Is she hotter, than, Nan- is she hotter than Nancy Pelosi? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Okay, okay. guys. <laughs> yeah, okay, way to go, Doug. Okay. <laughs> way to go, Doug. God. Is Danielle, embarrassed for you. Danielle, ready to go? Yep. Danielle DiMartino Booth, how are you doing, Danielle? I'm doing great. I sure am happy to be coming in after that comment was made. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, after, yeah, well, that's true, after the comment was made. Well, no, I, I yelled at them for you. No, here's the deal, Danielle. <laughs> I will say this. And, and people, <laughs> people uh, were, got bad at me about it, but I don't, I don't I will tell you something. The most attractive feature on a woman to me oh would be her eyes. Women's <laughs> eyes to me are beautiful. Doesn't matter. Every woman's eyes are beautiful. Well, unless they're a raging booze hound or something. Oh, my God. But, well, okay. it's true. But... Sweet Jesus. What is going on? Oh what? He's just trying well, to nobody's be... nobody's eyes if you're a booze hound. Anyway, what I'm saying to him, you know... I can never know what to do. All the way in the background. All the way in the background. Anyway... So here's the deal. I said on the air, I do a morning show as well, and I said on the air that uh, Nancy Pelosi is still a very pretty woman. And she's, she's in her 80s, right? She's, I think she's 80. Something like that. And man, have I been criticized for that. It's like, why can't an 80-year-old woman be attractive? What's the problem? And yet you won't stop. She's only 77. <laughs> oh, she's only 77. Well, well that explains know. it. Well, whatever. All right, let's move on. Thank you. Well, we'll okay. On. Well, um, for, for the record, I, I I dye my hair every three weeks just to stay on your good side. <laughs> <laughs> well, this woman's ninety nine and she has beautiful brown hair. It's wonderful. Uh, Danielle DiMartino Booth, Federal Reserve expert. Danielle to discuss the Federal Reserve announcement. Um, 
I don't, you know, I get, first of all, I should tell you, Danielle, that, that I'm a centrist. I don't lean left and I don't lean right. Therefore, I have no idea what's going on ever, no matter who's elected to office, because it leans one way or the other. But uh, what, so this whole tax cut situation, the Federal Reserve announcements, the economy, the what's what's going on, actually, Danielle? Well, there are a lot of things going on to answer your question or not answer your question. You know, I, I've been calling 2018 the year of the cross current. Um, you know, there, there was an announcement yesterday that these hurricanes racked up $306 billion. The hurricanes, the wildfires, you know, because 2017 was the year of the natural disaster. Well, right. if you look at the mirror, if you look at the mirror image of $306 billion in losses, that's money that's going to pour right back into the economy for the rebuilding effort. So sure. that's why in the fourth quarter, in the first quarter, that's why if you draw a line down the middle of the country, manufacturers, trucking companies, construction, trade, all of these, by the way, high-paying industries for non-college-educated workers are going gangbusters right now because we've mm-hmm. just come through the most magnificent year of natural disasters on record. So the beginning of this year is going to look awesome. So the Federal Reserve right. is going to chase that awesomeness into hiking rates. So that, that will do a lot to answer your question finally, to negate what the tax cuts are going to do on the positive side. So basically we're just going to, we're, we're, we're treading waters. That, that's what we're, we'll end up doing. Um, the simplest math, and it, it takes two seconds, is... Every time the Federal Reserve hikes interest rates by a quarter of a percentage point, it sucks about $50 billion of GDP out of the economy. And if, if you do two of those in 2018, it completely offsets the 80 to $100 billion benefit from the tax cut. Easy breezy. Why, why would they do that? Well, they're, they're going to do it because they're going to follow all the economic data that suggests the economy is overheating. And a lot of the short-term data are going to say just that because cause there, there are people leaving professional jobs to go to truck driving school. Because right now, if, really? if you've got that skill under your belt, you can name your price. And when was the last time you heard of a profession that wasn't in Silicon Valley where you could name your price as a worker, where you had that kind of pricing power with your paycheck? Yeah, I've, I've heard quite often lately, Danielle, that uh, there are all of these jobs, what, 170,000, I believe, last month, something like that. And the, the big problem they're having is there are all these really well-paying jobs and good jobs in manufacturing, but they can't find any skilled workers to do them, like, particularly in no, places like I mean, Indiana. I mean, is that... oh, in, in Indiana, actually, I'm, I'm headed to Indiana myself. Uh, oh, there but, you go. And, and, well, yeah, and, 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 and again, it's the Midwest, but you're right. Think about, think about big picture what's happened in this country for the past 20, 30 years. You know, when I was a kid growing up, you know, your mom told you, hey, you, don't, don't you pay attention to those boys in shop. Um, <laughs> there isn't any of that anymore. We've had 30 years where vocational training was basically stigmatized. And you had to send Janie and Johnny to school to get some liberal arts degree that you shouldn't even pay the money to have custom framed. Um, and, and in its place, we have this huge vacuum, this huge dearth of skilled workers. And it's a shame because right now we could have many more capable working millennials making great salaries in vocational trades, but we don't have enough warm bodies with the skill set. Right. So what are we going to do about that? Well, that's a long-term solution, and politicians don't like long-term. They operate on 18-month timetables, as long as it takes to get to the next election season. But that's where education reform comes in. There are no easy answers to this. We've got a, you know, I have one daughter and and three sons, and it's the one daughter I hammer into her head that she better study her math and science, because that's just, too few girls go that route. And, And I'm just, I'm not trying to make a sexist statement. Um, it's, it's, no, it is what it right. is. Um, but we need to emphasize more the difficult engineering degrees, and we need to emphasize more vocational training. And these things take time, and they take politicians who have patience and, and, and want to truly give back to their country instead of truly getting reelected. Isn't part of the Where problem? Where are you going to find one of those? Good question. Let me know. 
Isn't part of the problem uh, the the small increases in population? I mean, we're at 3.9 percent unemployment, which essentially, you know, economists I think they say that that's really full employment, and a lot of this the the last tax legislation is based on growth of six percent. If this is going to work out, so we don't actually you know add to the deficit, but we don't have the people to do it, do we? You know, we don't, and um, you know, I, I'm a huge advocate of of smart immigration. My grandfather came in in 1923 from Italy, and he personified the American dream, became a mechanic, ended up with his own two gas stations on either side of I-95, and he stayed in Connecticut. Uh, You know, I live in Texas, where I see a lot of very capable workers who contribute to the economy. And I look north of our border to Canada, which has a very smart immigration problem, and they don't have the same challenges that our workforce has. So it's an interesting case study in how to do and how not to do things and we we need more people you know i was i I was speaking to some friends from england i'll give you a very quick anecdote i was speaking to some friends from england and the cost of welders and plasterers and subcontractors has gone through the roof since brexit because they they basically threw up the borders and and so they're not they're not opening their borders anymore to polish tradesmen who made simple vocational type of contracting, subcontracting jobs, a lot more competitive for British households. Well, and I'm not, I'm not saying that we should just let anybody into the country, but it's, I, I read something recently that 40% of Fortune 500 companies were started either by immigrants or children, or first-generation children of immigrants. It's 40%. Well, if you think about a lot of our PhDs that are trained on American soil that we then in turn export, that doesn't make any sense. No. No, it doesn't. We should keep that brain power here. That would make a lot of sense. Look, I mean, the biggest problem that we have in America is what I'm, you know, of the, well, I was 12 years old when JFK was assassinated. That gives you an idea of my generation. But before uh, my birth and after World War II, pretty much every other country in the world was destroyed, certainly in the Eastern Hemisphere. And that, that, therefore, all the manufacturing that was done in the entire world was done in the United States, and we did extremely well with that. Uh, but of course, that stopped happening because other countries rebuilt, uh, got much cheaper labor. What, what do we do about all these things? Well, again, these are—I mean, I don't mean to be stonewalling—but there are no easy solutions. We have to go back to right. the studs and re-examine how we operate as a country. Look, when you talk about countries that were level, think about Germany. And right. Germany remains to this day, they rebuilt, as you said, and they never stigmatized vocational training. They have continued to rise up on the value-added ladder in manufacturing. And their exporting manufacturing sectors remain gigantic powerhouses and contributions to their economy. And I look to them as being an example of sorts, except for the fact that they raped the rest of Europe line with the euro, but that's a whole different story. Right, right. I, um, you know, I'm, as I said, I'm, I'm pretty much a centrist. I don't lean left or right. But I, I take a look at this. You can't write off your uh, property taxes on your Fed, or, uh, Fed anymore. And you can't, uh, what do you get, $10,000 total state taxes, I think, uh, uh, on your return now, 10000 maximum, Correct. That's the cap. Do you think, right, do you think, and I'm not saying he did or they did or whatever, but it suspiciously really punishes people who voted heavily Democrat. (laughs) You know what I mean? New York, Chicago, Minnesota, and Los Angeles. I mean, do do you do this to the entire population of the United States just to punish people who didn't vote for you? Well, you know, that's one way of, of looking at it. It really, really is. Um, another way of looking at it is that tax reform needed to occur on a state level yeah. in a lot of these places a long time ago. If there's one thing Very that I'm known point. for after residential housing, it's the pension system. And, you know, I've, I've watched Illinois as an, as an experiment in a Petri dish just to see how states should not operate. Um, so it, a lot of the problem was laid in advance, and you've got tons of people in the areas you point out 
who have been for years contemplating getting out of these states. It's just too, it costs too much to yep. live here. It costs too much to live. It's not worth it. I want to go someplace where there's no income tax. I want to go someplace mm-hmm. where it, it's not so difficult to run a small business. Well, you are right. The tax cut is going to help them make that decision. It's going to throw them right over um, in, into another state's arms. And the problem with that is the pension situation in a lot of these states is going to be right. a federal issue. Because you're talking about changing the bankruptcy code so that states can declare bankruptcy starting with Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Right. That's a, that's a very good point. Nobody's talking about that, Danielle. And why, why isn't anyone talking about that? Because I haven't heard it. Maybe you have. I, well, I write about it all the time, but nobody wants to hear about it. Because right. these are such untenable issues. It, they're issues for the judiciary to work out. If, if, if you're the governor of the state of Illinois and you go to the Illinois Supreme Court and the Illinois Supreme Court says those pension promises are unbreakable, well, then you go back and you raise property taxes again and you, you do special assessments and you cut public services. And, you know, at some point, though, the judiciary will have to sit up and pay attention when the ambulance doesn't get to one of their relatives' houses on time because public services have been cut yeah. to the bone to top off the pensions. And that's just a fact of life. Isn't it amazing that you can look at, at the Democrats, the Republicans, you can look at the unions? I mean, you look at, you look at cities like uh, Gary, Indiana, and, and, and St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri, after World War II, had 600,000 residents. It became a, a very well-paid union labor town. Well, they all failed, and now there are only about 200,000 people living in St. Louis, Missouri, and the city is a disaster. What do we do about things like that? Exactly. And it's going to become a bigger disaster because people are going to continue to leave. I mean, what do they have? InBev? I'm trying to think. And I was in St. Louis recently for a speech on the pension system, of all things, since you mentioned it. Um, And and it's a beautiful city, and it's a shame to see our nation's heartland get gutted. But Danielle, we're going to have to have you back on again. Well... Sorry, I, I can go on and on if you, if you hit the pension button, because it's, it's the challenge of our politicians for the future. Well, what I want to do is have you back on, and I want to talk specifically about pensions, because you are right on the money with that. You're the, you may be the first person ever that I ever agreed with on any of these things. Danielle, thank you for your time <laughs> well, today. Well, these are nonpartisan issues. I, I, I'm, anyway, yeah. thank no, you I for know. asking the question. No, I, thank you, Danielle. Danielle DiMartino Booth, ladies and gentlemen, will be right back. Tom Bernard Show.